I, I did mention this last time as well, that WordPress runs in my veins. And I try to pass on that same passion to my developers or any developer that I get to work with or any, it, it, just even talking to them, anybody in WordPress space is I get on and I try to pass on my passion if that's what I try to do. Experienced developers, I've worked with developers in other CMSs like Drupal and Joomla. And I always try to understand what is that Drupal or any other CMS, which end up being really costly projects, what is that they can do that WordPress cannot? And so far in all these years, uh, I haven't come across this answer, which says that, okay, WordPress cannot do this. This episode is brought to you by me in the WP Minute at the WPMinute.com. The WP Minute is your favorite five minutes of WordPress news delivered every Wednesday in podcast and newsletter form. We have sponsorship spots available now at store.mattreport.com. You can sponsor the podcast, the newsletter, sponsor a journalist to continue to create independent WordPress content that you love. Check out store.mattreport.com for more details. Support us at the WP Minute. That's the WPMinute.com. What's the side effect from WordPress changing so rapidly? We're dragging blocks, inserting patterns, and visually building our themes these days. There's been some great discussion spurred around themes, where Matt Mullenweg wants 5,000 new themes in the directory, while WP Minute producers like Daniel Schutzmith and Spencer Foreman say we just need one. Even if we split the difference and build 2,500 themes, maybe that's 2,499 new themes, who's going to build it? Not only is the code changing, but so are the people writing it all. This is the shift we're quietly seeing happen in the background. So what is a WordPress business owner to do? Find great WordPress developers or train up a willing engineer? Mayank Gupta joins us today to talk about his strategy on growing a WordPress team for his day job over at Perform Media. He has strong opinions on educating and inspiring an individual and possibly ignoring the typical WP rock star. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you do, consider supporting me by buying me a virtual coffee for as little as $5, or joining the membership for $79 a year. Okay, on to the interview with Maya. So Perform Media is completely a virtual and a hybrid event company. So you must have come across all these platforms, virtual event platforms and whatnot. So yeah, that's what we do. We are a very small company as compared to the big players like Hopins and, and C-Events. But, but we pretty much compete with them in everything that they have to offer, even with a small team and all, and it's all WordPress. So, <laughs> so all the internal stuff is WordPress. Is there ever like a microsite that you build for customers that's on WordPress? Does a, does a customer of yours ever touch WordPress at any capacity? No, they do. Everybody logs in from the front end point of view. There, everybody's logged into the portal. There's gamification, all sorts of features for which we've used APIs as well. We are using some plugins for gamification on Gaming Press, but that's just the, the core core part of it. But we have our, our own custom coding on top of it as well. So that's what we use as a platform. It's much more than that, of course. I mean, the, the yeah, streaming yeah, yeah. part comes from the AWS and whatnot, and uh, much more. It gets technologically very, pretty heavy in the back. But when we talk about just the front end part, that's all WordPress. And content management part is pretty much WordPress. Our players that we have to configure, their settings and everything, the editing part, the admin part, we do use WordPress pretty much. And, and where does your, I know the answer to this, but where does your love, tell the listener, where does your love of WordPress come from? Where did you first discover WordPress? So I've been part of the WordPress industry from a long time now. In fact, honestly, I got confused whether did I start using it when, back in 2003, 2004 or not. I don't remember that part. But yes, I've been using it professionally since 2006 as a professional blogger first. 
I had a technology blog. Mm. It did fairly well. 200,000 visitors. That was not bad at that time. Uh, single person. So couldn't complain. It's still uh, good today. It's still good today <laughs> if a single person could drive that traffic. So thankfully, it was doing good. I was a full-time professional blogger then at that time. From there, because my knowledge increased, I started offering services in partnership with uh, a couple of my fr- um, friends. We, so we started a shop called Block Design Studio. Back in 2006-7, we were many, very few companies who were used to offer custom designs, custom themes. Even premium themes were not even there much. A revolution themes started coming up later you know, and all those kind of things. So yeah, back then I've had two companies where lots of learning, but eventually I, I did decide to shut them down. I could say failed entrepreneur two times, but um, yeah, that that gives me a lot of learning. That uh, that the, the yeah, takeaway. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, let's use the L word, right, instead of the F word. <laughs> the big, huge learning experiences. Do you ever look back at that blog that you ran and say, "Boy, I wish I did keep that going." What's your oh, yes. hindsight looking back at, at that? Is it something that you you still wish you do today, or maybe even take another go at it someday in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Very honestly, I have been. I have regretted, gone through multiple emotions about stopping blogging at that time. I could have continued. Yeah. It would have. It was great times. Believe me, I mean, it was great times. So, I do look back and say, think that I, I wish I could have continued. But believe me, I at that time, I, I was out of running out of ideas, man. Blog, whatnot, you can call it. I was enjoying more the the technical part of WordPress, scaling up and checking out things. That was more exciting for me rather than writing at that time. I was never a writer. I, it's not something that I, as a matter of fact, I, I if I have to say it, I, I'm re- pretty bad at it. <laughs> but it was the only motivation at that point of time was to make money through Google AdSense. Somehow I have to make money online. I wasted quite a lot of my money personally while growing up going to internet cafes and learning. So I, I realized that, okay, the internet, take, in, uh, internet has taken a lot of money for mine, and, but I, I I need to recover it back. <laughs> so that yeah, was yeah, the motivation. Yeah. yeah. It was more of a challenge. Can I do this kind of thing? Can I build? Well, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's how it is with me. Yeah. It's can I build this thing that draws attraction? And then if it draws attraction, can I turn on like the Google money machine and the Google money <laughs> machine pays me every month? It's just that challenge that you want to go yeah. after. And it, it's and it was fun. The, again, as he said, the the L word here will be learning. You know, the, those was some really good times. Writing it was great. So I do regret it to answer your question. And I am trying to get back to it. As a matter of fact, I have just recently come up with a very fun little project called WP Bald Heads. Where so if you go to wbhead.org/bald you will see a listing of community members who have spent a lot of time within the computer press space and they all are bald. I was, very honestly, I was a little scared, you know, how somebody will take it if I'll approach them. But to my surprise, everybody took it pretty as a lighthearted joke, which is, it is exactly what it is. But it's a listing of all the bald heads and it'll be continually growing. Of course, I've just eight to 10 listings right now for now. You got you, you to get my buddy Brad Williams up there. I, I think he deserves a spot. <laughs> certainly. I certainly, I have to. <laughs> Brad, Brian Gardner, I, I, I need to reach out to all of them. <laughs> I, I, you, Jason, Be- Jason Ball from WP GraphQL and Daniel. There are quite a lot of people over there now. <laughs> you. Talk to me about your experience educating other uh, developers that haven't touched WordPress yet. And maybe even look at WordPress and say, man, I'm not going to touch WordPress is not the thing I should be building on. When we had our pre-interview, you talked to me about how you've spent some time encouraging, educating, 
getting people familiar with, with WordPress development. Give me right. that experience and what that's been like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I always say this, and I think I, I did mention this last time as well, that WordPress runs in my veins. And I try to pass on that same passion to my developers or any developer that I get to work with, or any it, it, just in talking to them, anybody in WordPress space, is I get on and I try to pass on my passion, if that's what I try to do. Experienced developers, I've worked with developers in other CMSs like Drupal and Joomla, and I always try to understand what is that Drupal or any other CMS, which end up being really costly projects, what is that they can do that WordPress cannot? And so far in all these years, uh, I haven't come across this answer, which says that, okay, WordPress cannot do this. WordPress can do everything. Um, A big proponent of that. In fact, if you're working with any other CMS, the chances are it'll end up any feature, any new feature that you're trying to introduce will end up being costly because Frankly, WordPress's ecosystem is so big that it has pretty much everything that you can think of that other CMSs can't even, they don't have that ecosystem as much as WordPress has. As a product manager, again, we are trying to modernize our system, make it more user-friendly. We are always on the lookout for new technologies. We've considered Next.js, Gatsby, JS, all these different solutions. We are a small company. If we were like huge, we had thousands of you know engineers working for us. Yeah, sure. Why not? But for a small company, it's just a boon. The fact that we didn't have to come up with our own gamification, we didn't have to come up with our own complex systems that we already use within our system. Most of them, we're using WP All Import, which is pretty much every day, every event. There's thousands of rows of data that you have to import, whatnot, all that data. It's a snap. It became so easy for me to hire junior developers and um, just give them this little... Low code, I won't say no code, but yes, definitely a low code solution where more than 60% of the work is already just WordPress from the existing WordPress uh, ecosystem. And you want to create custom post types, you don't even need to write a code, single line of code. You have CPT UI. That became so much easier for me to onboard them. We use a page builder. A lot of people will say page builders aren't cool, and I will say they are. They help you save a lot of money <laughs> yeah. because, again, these new guys, they're freshers. They're, they've not got much experience. For them to go through and understand a lot of concepts, it becomes much more faster when you're doing it visually. It integrates word well, great with ACF. So ACF, CPTUI, custom post types and custom fields. If it's covered, you can create whatnot. And, uh, and yeah. A um, couple of months of training and these freshers, they could do whatnot. What I, yeah. what an agency was charging bomb for, we could, you know, cut down our costs quite a lot. Is that something that, that you do to avoid having to go hire an agency? And, and listen, I know there's a lot of agencies listening to this, so don't go get <laughs> angry on Twitter. Don't be tweeting at us. <laughs> but these are like to get in the mind of somebody who might be hiring an agency or a developer. This is a this is a reality of WordPress. I, and I've been saying this forever from the mom and pop pizza shop who might be building their website. It's getting easier for them. So they might not go and, and buy a service from somebody to build them a $1,000 website. That's right. going to be a market that gets impacted. And now with ACF, custom post types, like you said, WP All Import, full site editing, GraphQL, a lot of this stuff is going to be a lot easier to handle in-house, which maybe pushes everything up market. Maybe there is still a desire or still a need to go up market. But is that how you approach it? You would just train the team internally and we don't really seek the outside help? 
We were. In fact, as a matter of fact, we didn't have our own internal, if I can say so, team. I actually went with that. There was some unfortunate experiences that we had with the team. And frankly, when you have your own team, you're... You have more control. That's you get more control over the quality. You know you where you are at when you're working with an outside team. Sure, there are models where there are a lot of agencies who will say you know they plug really well. That's true. Sure, but it costs um, money. <laughs> it does cost some money. <laughs> so I, I prefer hiring people directly. You could you could go anywhere in the world, right? These days. So sure, not the most noble approach. A lot of people will not. It's a very sensitive topic. Outsourcing. I understand that, but Fortune 500s can do it. Why not a small shop can do it? What's the uh, landscape look like for you? I was talking to somebody the other day uh, that said, man, it is hard to hire somebody as a WordPress developer or a WordPress engineer or just a developer in general. Like It's hard for me to go get somebody good. What's it like for you? Do you have a particular approach, a particular process that you go through to find the good folks that are out there? The way I see my approach is, uh, there's no good or bad. It's everybody is capable of doing whatnot, how you handle them, how you deal with them, how you motivate them, how you guide them shapes anybody. You can shape anybody to become a fantastic developer. So I try to do it pretty raw <laughs> because then it's easy because they're freshers. Yeah. They're ready to listen. They do not have set notions, which, and they have energy. They're hungry for, le- they're hungry for learnings. So that's my approach of going about it. I do not look for already established good developers. I try to contribute to the WordPress space by introducing new developers more and more. But having said that, there it's there is no comparison to the experience. Now I try to uh, save costs by bridging that gap. So whatever my experience is, and then I just need to again hire junior developers, which I can do, and then train them. That's much more cost-effective for me, much more easier for me to manage. But then there's no a comparison to the, the experience. So when if you have the budget to hire the nascents of the WordPress space, Andrew Nason, I mean, again, um, I can't even imagine the, the kind of hourly date that he charges, yeah, yeah. which is at least popular in the WordPress space. So that if you have the budget, again, why not? That would be the first thing I'd like to do. But when it comes to basically running the companies, I, this is my approach. I look for, I make postings, of course, on, on job boards. I try to interview the right people. I try to find the right person with who's just not into just code. They are they have a, some sort of personality going on. They're into gaming or they're they're not afraid to try the next JS framework just for the front end part. They're, right. What did they do? If if it if they are able to prove all that to me, I, we normally go for them. <laughs> this is a two part question, but I guess both a pro and a con. Like when I think of Drupal, when I last used Drupal, which was many years ago, one of the most right. powerful things about Drupal was pre-installed or in Drupal's core, if you could say that, was uh, CCK and views, custom right. fields and and views. And even today, WordPress is, doesn't even really have that views functionality yet. Like we're getting a query block soon, right. maybe, yeah. full site editing just arriving. I'm talking like 15 years later yeah. <laughs> than Drupal had it like 15 years ago. Like this concept of, I don't have to write any PHP and I can display my content on a page. Right. Is there something that you wish uh, WordPress had in core by default? And is there another thing that's just like amazing out of WordPress core, whether it's Gutenberg or full-site editing that you've seen? I think Gutenberg in itself, I mean, of course, what we didn't have the WordPress that I think 
was made up by toolset. They introduced views, right, with the toolset views that they came up with. So again, as I said, uh, what WordPress doesn't have, the ecosystem provides by default anyway. So whatever, whether Drupal had it earlier, we, we got it a little later, but then Drupal didn't have, doesn't have a very fantastic user interface, at least in my opinion. Frankly, and a lot of people agree with that, right? So yes, again, it has much tougher learning curve overall. It needs more resources for even small stuff. So yeah, there are pros and cons for each and every other CMSs. Why not? But I again, that's why I think that can WordPress scale as much? Like a lot of people have doubts about it, and I always tell them WordPress.com, good enough example. As far as Drupal, or again, there is nothing. I as far as I feel uh, that my I'm opinionated, strongly opinionated, but. In my opinion, WordPress, there's nothing that can come close. Drupal sites, I'm not going to be lying, but yes, I have examples. I've had opportunity to work on a million-dollar project on Drupal, which I think if I went out and I frankly put it up on Upwork, somebody would build that for 20000 or less with WordPress. Same features. Right. So that's right there, savings for businesses. I think they should be yeah. interested in that. <laughs> How much longer do you think it's going to take full site editing to to get a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more mature? I think just like when Gutenberg was released, it was a very early version so that they could get it out into the world. A lot of the feedback that I'm seeing with full site editing now is that same thing. Hey, like it's a nice start, but I'm not I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing is I'm not giving this to my customers. I'm right. not even going to let them touch this or know about this. Because there's possibly they could break their entire site because there's no locking mechanism, certainly not tied to any kind of like user role, at least not to my knowledge, where somebody could be just blocked off from manipulating the site. How much longer do you think? What's your crystal ball say for full site editing to start feeling like a well-rounded product? Oh, no, it's it's going to be an ongoing effort, very honestly. You know, there's no stopping, frankly, Elementor or Oxygen Builder or all these different builders that are out there. They, they're they adding these features as we go along, right? Like all these are wish lists anybody would want to have when, when we're getting into that no-code scenario. It covers very limited, as you said, no user roles and all those kind of granular features where you would want to do it for more advanced i think it was it is going to take frankly some time how much i i it'll be very difficult to comment on that because again the, the sheer number of developers that work on wordpress is far more than with these page builders which are commercial but they have much smaller team as compared to wordpress will be able to the contributors are much more in wordpress space frankly so yeah. Gutenberg will mature, will mature faster. If not, again, we'll have ecosystem. Recently, I came across a plugin, Gutenberg Pro, I think. What it does is it doesn't introduce new new blocks. It just extends the, extens- the existing ones. So if within WordPress core, Gutenberg core, we're not going to see all these advanced granular features controlled, expect somebody to make them as a plugin very soon. <laughs> Yeah. What are your thoughts on Gutenberg not being in WordPress as like a standalone piece of software that can be introduced into, I don't know, somebody else's software as a service? Maybe one day Wix is powered by Gutenberg. What are your thoughts on that crazy world? It is very much possible. There is, it's been a long time, I've not checked it out, but there was this project, what it did was it Gutenberg Cloud, right? I'm not sure if you've uh, had a chance to check it out. It it basically brought for. Gutenberg in front end as well. There was one other project. So very high chances 
as more the people who are much more versed in the JavaScript world of the world, they will be able to do crazy stuff with it. Of course, much more senior people, they, it is going to be able to do whatnot. It's uh, the imagination is in the limit, and I've hit my imagination if I can say so. But <laughs> the Gutenberg cloud and and front side full site editing will become front front end editing as well for a full site. I suspect so. Have you seen the recent announcement by Elementor for the Elementor cloud product? Yeah, I, I did. I was I briefly uh, skimmed through it, but I, I didn't go through much. But I'm assuming it's all, all now plugged in. Again, they're trying to become Wix, if I'm not wrong. What's your take on that? I, I think that I'll give you my quick take on page builders, give you a, a second to think about this. But I did a video recently pontificating that like most page builders, I feel, especially if you're the size of Elementor, it literally only makes business sense for you to have your own SaaS-based solution. Because when you're at m millions of people, it's the same challenge that Automatic had, let's say, with Jetpack, right? right? Jet, like th they, even they cannot move a herd of millions of people in the same direction because of the way WordPress is today and the way hosting is. They don't have complete control over it. If they want to ship a feature, they have to wait for somebody to hit update unless yeah. you have automatic updates going with your service provider, even with Jetpack. And right. they can't uh, control the entire experience. So no. there's a comes to, in my opinion, it comes to a point where when you're at a million plus users, yeah, you better be thinking that you have a SaaS-based solution so that your customers are happy. It's yeah, not even yeah. about like ownership or prying away from WordPress. It's I need to ship stuff faster and more efficiently to my users so they don't leave because yeah. that's a pretty big deal these days. And I think Elementor is moving in that direction. I think everyone's going to move in that direction. And oh, by the way, to cap this off, and oh, by the way, even if you want to move away from WordPress as like a core thing, you might be able to adopt Gutenberg. And bring that in as your editor onto your whatever favorite JavaScript framework. If you don't like WordPress, if you don't like its speed, security, all this other stuff, but you do like the editing experience, yeah. well, just take Gutenberg with you. And I think yeah. that's what Matt wants in the long run, Matt Mullenweg. Yeah, absolutely. What you're saying is makes sense. Whether it's SaaS, I mean, everybody, sh businesses will move towards SaaS because, again, you, you, as you mentioned, pushing the updates, all these different environments that and the amount of support that increases along with it. it. It's difficult to manage for any business. The more controlled it'll be, that's why you, you do see you know, WordPress.com becoming more of a mature offering. Earlier, WordPress.com didn't offer plugins. Now it offers all that. But they're trying to do, going. Uh, obviously that is I mean, opposite of what you were saying, but it does allow. But that was the reasons that they didn't allow plugins earlier because they wanted more control on their stack, much more limitation on focusing, but they do realize there's a much bigger market probably where people are looking for custom staff. So that that's obviously a, a business decision that way, but it is a SaaS offering. They are coming up with solutions like, I guess you said, Jetpack, which, which makes backups, right? But it's not backing up here for example, on your, on, your, on your site. It's doing it on the server end. So again, SaaS offerings will eventually be most of the focus, I think. The idea is integrate with WordPress. I think that's a business sense that most of the, the companies are trying to adopt now. There are so many SEO services. SEO Squirrel, I think, was it Squirrel something? Which was a WordPress kind of plugin, but it was $9 per month for, but it was a SaaS solution.
it's the page building world. I don't want to get on this page building ramp, but since we're here, like the Elementor thing, oh man, it, 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 even the same thing with WordPress. The thing I've witnessed over the last three or four years when it comes to the page builder world, it's the page builder customers that they will turn on a dime and just say, oh, this other page builder, like I've just built 25 client websites in Elementor, but oh, that page builder over there is doing something different and it's $5 cheaper. I'm going <laughs> to switch to that. And I just like, I don't even understand how it's scary to me that this, that type of page, that type of person who's building websites is representing X amount of businesses and making decisions for them. I'm thinking to myself, wow. It's so, so much love is lost on Elementor, <laughs> but they help build so many businesses for people who are freelancers and designers. I just feel like it's such an, uh, they get such an unfair, um, I don't know, take just because of their pricing. And I'm looking at Elementor's pricing right now. You can sell, uh, you can activate 100 websites for $500 a year. If you're right. selling 100 websites, to, to people, $500 a year for that license and that support is absolutely nothing. Am I crazy thinking about these prices are just, they're still pretty low in my opinion. Yeah, they are. I mean, very honestly, I kudos to Elementor for where they are really. There's no doubt about right. it, right? It's the amount of efforts it takes to develop certain, a, a successful software like that. It's tremendous. The amount of people required, resources thinking and doing it all successfully. That's just amazing. So hats off to them for no doubt about it. And you're not wrong. The market is such, unfortunately, it's it's unfair. I can't help it really. Will Elementor face issues? I don't think so. I think they're a smart bunch of people. They'll obviously, uh, Elementor Cloud is one example of steering away from all this havoc. They, we don't even know what Gutenberg really will bring. Right. It's just started, as you said, you know, it. Uh, so... And it's already picking up. Um, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the world of Gutenberg. I, I know a lot of people do not. They, a lot of tensions grew up because of the, the project as such. But I think it's content creators, marketers. They need to be enabled. They need to be given no-code tools, low-code tools for them to be able to do the fantastic stuff that they do every day. The content that they create, the thoughts that they pass on. And if it is tied because of technology that you have to learn HTML, CSS, all that, it's a failure of technology. Technology is yeah. here to make our lives simple. It's not there to be in our face. Good design is something which is hidden. It shows the intelligence is shown. When, these are all good things that was said by, I'm not saying, again, Nielsen, Norman, Don Normans of the world are saying these things. And... Uh, so, yeah, that's what my personal thought is. Enable marketers, enable kids can use work, Gutenberg, drag and drop. You teach them. And why not? Why make it too difficult? And yeah. I think that's something which developers, some developers or a sector of developers are not able to understand from that perspective, which is not wrong because it's people get scared um, at stuff. Some think that some are idealistic, that this is not the right way of doing things. But who knows what is the right way of doing things, right, really? Right. So, yeah. What about the no-code space? Um, bubble, Webflow, which are still very much coding, <laughs> in yeah. my opinion, but they all fall in that no-code space. Is there anything exciting in the no-code space that you look at that 
is just interesting to you? Is there a, you have a favorite tool that maybe you even coupled together with a WordPress? Like one day I would love to connect Airtable to WordPress just for the hell of it. I would love to do a project where it's like Airtable just to make something cool. And I don't know why I want to do it, but I just, I want to do it. Is there anything like that in your world that you'd like to play with no code? There are lots of no code solutions. As you said, yeah, Airtable and I don't even know all of them, but I'm excited about that world. The, one of the ones that I did get excited, super excited was from uh, Google's app. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to check that out. What it does is it's, Connect, make, connect your spreadsheet and it makes an app. Oh, wow. So your data sources, spreadsheets. You could connect SQL databases as well, but you could literally make a, a small business app. Again, not nothing fancy, but but quite, again, what normally business developers, are, not business people rather, need to develop at times. You can easily do that. It's yeah. I loved it. Just the, sh- the fact that you can come up with an app, <laughs> drag and drop, and... Yeah, custom app rather, not just you can do your workflows, employee, leave requests, those kind of apps. And and you can do that. Just a few clicks and <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I'm exci- yeah. Again, as I said, I'm excited about And there are multiple of them. There, every day something new is coming up. So I'm just following it and hoping that we can keep up with that, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, it's crazy because I follow the no-code space pretty closely too. I have folks that come on the show that have their own no-code businesses or like consulting businesses in, in the no-code space. Right. And and you are right. There is a new no-code app doing something different every single day that I hear about, yet WordPress is still growing. And yes. I'm just like, wow, there's so much opportunity and so much code out there and so many things like that people could do with this stuff it's it's quite tremendous absolutely i strongly believe if somebody has to say a wordpress is a low-code solution and it's moving towards mode as more and more again um, page builders they are no code low code solution and they are not new uh, so wordpress has been in this space as well for long and i it's just a matter of perspective you i think if, again, as I said, there is no SaaS solution whose alternative is not possible with WordPress and uh, some of its plugins. And uh, yeah, you could be saving thousands of dollars just because of that and not get tied into a monthly subscription, so to speak. Mike, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. I'm so glad 10 years later, we finally had it. Where can (laughs) folks go to find you on the internet? Where can you point them to? Where can they learn more about you? Let the world know. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. First of all, I, that was a joke, of course, but <laughs> I'm glad uh, <laughs> we got to speak. The reason I said that was because I, it, it was that much amount of time that I've been out of the WordPress agency model and rather yeah. using my experience to, to just work as businesses. Yeah. But thank you for having me here. It was a fun, wonderful experience. And uh, people can follow me on twitter.com slash myank. That's M-A-Y-A-N-K. And yeah, that's Thankfully, I've had the opportunity to join Twitter much sooner than a lot of people. So my yeah, first name was available. Say. 15 years ago, I, I signed up on Twitter. So my first name was available. That's where you can others can follow me. And then you have your new website, wphead.org. Yes, that is correct. It's just, believe me, I'm in a couple of steps, a couple of blog articles, and then that 
little heart, lighthearted joke. <laughs> so it's not even linked on the homepage. So you will have to go to wphead.org slash balls. <laughs> That's fantastic. I need user submitted. I, I need to be able to submit folks to this myself. Absolutely. I'm working towards that too. Yeah. <laughs> it is getting difficult reaching out to everybody. Hey guys, yeah. don't, I hope you don't mind this, but, but can I include you? There? <laughs> so yeah, it is. I'd like to, for people to submit. It's mostly guys right now. I would prefer, and I would hope if there is women who have gone bald or who want to, who love to uh, be bald, they would like to get listed. That would be amazing as well. Fantastic stuff. Everybody else, mattreport.com, mattreport.com, slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. This episode is brought to you by me and the WP Minute at the wpminute.com. The WP Minute is your favorite five minutes of WordPress news delivered every Wednesday in podcast and newsletter form. We have sponsorship spots available now at store.mattreport.com. You can sponsor the podcast, the newsletter, sponsor a journalist to continue to create independent WordPress content that you love. Check out store.mattreport.com for more details. Support us at the WP Minute. That's the WPMinute.com.